we are recording. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Saints Radio. And I am very blessed today to have in studio... In studio. The Whispering Prophet, who's just whispered here. The Whispering Weeping Prophet. <laughs> Reclining Whispering Weeping Prophet. Oh, my goodness. The Dog Whispering Prophet. <laughs> We hope everybody's doing well, and it is a, it's a great blessing to have this opportunity to reach out and uh, connect. You know, I'll, say so, I'll tell you something funny, and then we'll get into spiritual things, but you know, when Luciano was here, we were all using our translator app yeah. to communicate with him, and if you did not have that opportunity, I'm sorry for you. Because now, now I know this, and I'm I'm using it to translate with Teresa, who runs the vacuum cleaner on Tuesdays, and and in in different situations. But I saw this funny video of this girl that used some kind of a translation app. Now, whether or not this was real, I don't know, but it looks so real, and I can be so gullible. So she's sitting there with her dog, and she talks in the the translator, the app, the translator app. And she tells the dog to give her a kiss, which I guess is something that she tells the dog. And the translator app translates it into barks. <laughs> and it barks to the dog. And literally, as soon as it's finished, the dog jumps up and licks her in the face. And she was so shocked. She was like, oh, my gosh, did you just see that? Now, the dog could have, like, heard her command, give me a kiss. And he's used to doing yeah. that and waited until the bark went. But it was so funny. I thought... I want that app. If I could actually, like, communicate with my dogs that way. <laughs> it was funny. Oh, man. I, I Was it a far side that had dogs talking in, in various yards? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was wondering, because we have dogs that are surrounding us at our home. And, of course, we have little Scarlet. And then we have Hank, who's big, big Hank. He's 100 pounds, and he's a barker. And when he starts barking at the mailman or the dog, we have two Great Danes that are on the right side. And then on the left side, we have these two little bitty, wimpy, little, cute, cute little dogs that are like scarlet size. And they all bark. And so Hank, like, communicates with both sides. And I always think, what are they talking about? You know, it's kind of like... On 101 Dalmatians, you know, when they send out the, the, I can't remember, it's been so long since I've seen it, but there's like this barking that goes on, and it's like a, a sign that all the dogs are going to congregate and do something. But you just wonder how how that communication actually works. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. Well, we'll, uh, we'll investigate this further. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a seminar the gift of interpretation with with puppies and uh yeah I've, I've i've looked in scripture actually recently about scriptures that talk about dogs and it was not it was not very it wasn't very favorable was it, it wasn't and i talked to i've talked to the lord about that like i don't understand because i know that i know the dogs have to be in heaven <laughs> they have to be but that's i guess 
they cross over the rainbow bridge and <laughs> I just know that my little dogs that have gone to heaven are just sitting on the lap of Jesus and just playing fetch with those heavenly balls and oh my goodness well so on something spiritual as you can tell we are we're in rare form today um I am still amazed that seminar has come, happened, and is now gone, and it's been two weeks now. That's, that's weird. Time is truly moving so... Well, time, you know, it's funny because when you're a kid, it seems like time lasts forever unless it's the end of summer vacation mm-hmm. and you think man this went fast you're always waiting on things that take forever to get there but as the years pass it seems like things just move just mm-hmm. maybe it's just your perspective through experience recognizes that things move along or you actually have responsibilities and you, you're you getting things done. And um, one thing is finished and then you move on to the next. And before you know it, man, where did it all go? I don't know. You know, I've always been just kind of mystified just thinking back like past generations And I'm sure you've heard stories like this as well as I have, where, you know, my great grandmother who lived in Kentucky, who had 12 kids, who made all of their clothes, who churned the butter, who milked the cows, who farmed the land, cooked their dinner, did all of the things that a mother of 12 kids would do out in the country. And the thing that I love most about knowing about my grandmother is my my great grandmother is my grandmother always told me that she always took a nap every single day. She did all of those things, raised those kids, but she always found time for a nap. And I think, how crazy is that to think that, you know, they didn't have the modern conveniences that we have. They don't have, they didn't have technology. They didn't have any of that stuff. And yet their life was so much more simple and, and productive, I guess, productive in a different way. And, and I think that you know, it's it's a, such a blessing that we have what we have with technology and with media and, and all the things that we have at our fingertips. And, but, and I know I've been saying this over and over and over the last since the seminar, that to me, the greatest strategy of the enemy is our attention. I mean, he is after our attention. And I know that the generation, the generations that are coming up after us, that is what he's going after and those kids can spend their entire life on their screens you know what i mean and that is i mean even olivia will say to me she's like oh my gosh and she's not even big into social media but she'll say i just lost an hour of my day sitting here doing nothing but scrolling through something and it's just something that we have to be ever aware of because it can get us you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, an hour can go by so fast when you're sitting there reading 
I mean, it can happen with Fox News. I mean, it can happen with anything. But I think we just have to be so sensitive. And I think, you know, Mark taught on Sunday school on Sunday, and it was somewhat of a, a weighty message. But he was talking about the beasts in the book of Revelation and Ezekiel and Daniel, and he was talking about the mark on the forehead. And I thought it was so interesting that, you know, with all the, because just the day before when we had come for prayer, the Lord had really just put on my heart, my prayer and reflection of the seminar was just the whole principle of phroneo and of setting our affections on things above and, and just keeping our focus on the task and on the Lord and, and not allowing distractions because honestly, there's so many things pulling on us that are noble. I know I'm experiencing that right now with my parents and whatnot. And I just, I mean, I just, I have found myself, my prayer times being so, I'm, it's like I have to set my forehead like a flint and I have to just focus to, to not be distracted by the things that I need to do or the things that are pulling on me emotionally, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so setting our affections on, on, on the things above and on him and being hidden in Christ, but then when he talked on Sunday about the forehead, and he, I don't have this in front of me, but he, the the word for forehead is, I think, made up, I think the root of that word is meta, which is so interesting to me because it's the name that the metaverse is the big thing that's out there with media, with um, Zuckerberg, he just named um, Facebook changed the name to Meta, and he's been using that that language subtly, talking about the metaverse, and and yet the Lord, His name is written on our forehead, which is the Meta, and I just think that's really interesting to think that not that Facebook is the enemy. But it comes down to where we are setting our affections and how we are breathing hard after him and keeping that focus. And so, anyway, I just think that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I spoke with Mark briefly after class and said that we probably ought to have him host a a broadcast from time to time where where we specifically talked about things about the end because like I was you were looking at the forehead which we know really it also represents spiritually and I don't uh, this is not a new agey thing but it represents the eyes of our understanding and they call it the third eye but it really it really is the way we are supposed to perceive and there's a there's a there's a perceptive element of the spirit between the right and left lobe and so there's something spiritual about that but i was looking at the thing about the mark in the old testament and how that it <coughs> it's the he the last letter of the hebrew alphabet and it's an x and um, but they used that in the Aramaic world to speak about the signature on a contract. Oh wow! Yeah. And that um, 
and which is where we get now for people who were illiterate, put your X right there. Right. But it goes back through the Hebrew. And, um, and so if there, this guy with an inkhorn is going and going throughout the city and he's finding those who will um, weep and, and wait on the Lord for <coughs> God's purpose, that mark is really that we're a signator and an agreement and an empower on the contract of the Lord, what he's wanting to do. And that, you know, that really is the battlefield right now. Undoing what God wants, undoing what he says, undoing the written word. But doesn't that come through? <coughs> I mean, doesn't that come through our, our thought process? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, this, this whole deconstruction um, of all of that, I mean, doesn't that come through? Isn't that the battleground? Absolutely. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah, as, as a man thinks on behalf of his heart, so is he. Yeah, it's, it, it's just so strange because it is a battle for our our purpose, his agenda, and, and the mind, what, what you, how you think. So, and then there were extrapolations of that word over into the New Testament regarding the mark in the New Testament, but um, and then that issue about the the living creatures, which is a derivative off of zoon, which is where then we get the word zoo. Um, it just speaks of the representation of the life God creates in its various forms. And, you know, you, you trace that word and you see it's used in some really unique ways in the scripture. But, I don't know. We're living in strange days when these things are being... They really are. He, there, there was another scripture where he was talking about um, basically about judgment, you know, where, where the, I think it was Ezekiel where he said, and start in the church, start in the sanctuary, start, begin in the, in, the, in the sanctuary or the temple. And, and we, you know, we talked a little bit about how that, that's already happening. Um, but it, it really reminded me of, you know, the parable of the, of the wheat and the tares or when Jesus addresses the, the wheat and the tares. And, you know, this is something that I've been sensing just in the church over the last year or so where, you know, we, we think about the separation of the wheat and the tares. The tares would be, you know, the wheat would be the good, the godly, righteous ones. And then the tares would be the, you always think about it as those that have horns, you know, just blatantly evil, but it, that's not what it is. It's, he is separating that n even now in the church. And you think about the, com not compromise, yeah, compromising, just the way that righteousness and truth has been compromised in the center of the church. And you can say that there's been a divide, but there's such compromise 
that they're just all kind of blended. It just seems like they just let it all blend together and then their doctrine becomes changed and, and it's so subtle, but we're seeing that in the church and he's going to separate that. And, and what does it say? It's going to be thrown into the fire. Yeah, the angels will come and do it, Yeah, which is kind of an interesting concept. Talk about ministering with angels. So, I mean, you know, we we try to see, like, the end times, we try to see things that are just just blatantly evil, and we do see that just in the agenda of even our government, in the schools and things like that. But there's such a subtlety to um, what's happening, what's happening and I just want to, I just want to be on the Lord's side. <laughs> Who's on the Lord's side? Yeah. Let him come unto us. Because yeah. it, it is beginning in the church. I, not to cast anything out there, but I've been reading about what's happening with Hillsongs. And, it, you know, it's tragic what's happening with that whole church and, and. See, I haven't heard any of that. Well, I'm not asking you to betray it but well you know Hillsongs in Australia I mean mm-hmm. it's a mega 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 church and they have church plants all over the world they have a lot of them in the US I didn't even know there was one in Dallas but there 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 is or there was until recently when the pastor stepped down but they've had just pastor after pastor after pastor after pastor who have stepped down from blatant immorality and sin I mean stepped away been uncovered, et cetera, et cetera. And so Brian Houston, who is the head of the whole thing, he got caught in some kind of legal thing over the last year or so because his father apparently was doing some kind of pedophile kind of stuff. Aww. Years ago, his father was a pastor, and they they were saying that Brian Houston had, cover, had covered it up. So they were nailing him for that. So he took a short-term step down from... Um, leadership but was still the pastor was still the leader well this last week he resigned as their pastor he resigned as the pastor um, of Hillsongs and he and his wife I mean they started the whole thing and so it's just it's really sad and the saddest part to me about it is the it's going to be exploited and it's going to be exploited in a way that's going to tarnish the church you know the, the the purity of the church and I hate that, but um, you just you can just see how the Lord is beginning to uncover things like that. Anyway, well, you know that's interesting because they they are the assemblies of God of Australia, and I remember when we first went into Brazil, Anna and Luciano hired a. Well, I didn't hire her. That young girl, Sarah, which yeah. it wasn't there. She went to a Hillsongs church and in Sao Paulo. And, you know, they're, they're good people. They are. But, boy, isn't that, isn't that awful? The live shot from Fort St. John during our broadcast. Who is that person? Katie, Vicki, and Larry. Oh, that's Vicki. I didn't even recognize her. Yeah. Hello, says, Katie, Vicki, and Larry. See, annoying. What is that? Vicky. Is that pie you're eating? 
Oh, it's probably something wholesome. Oh, it looks like tomatoes. Of course, I thought it was like some kind course, of fruit pie. Yeah, no, that's, those are maters and You know, carrots. when you get with the sparrows, there's always a good pie involved. Oh, yeah. Vicki was making one of her pies. I'd get on the plane right now. Well, can you wait till the broadcast is over? Because no, I'm sure I she think probably you could, would to get you there. I think you can carry it. I think you can, <laughs> I think you can carry the end of the broadcast. <laughs> I will never forget being down there on that Sunday and they brought in that pie. Oh, my gosh, that lemon pie. I still, I'm still stunned by the magnificence of that. So greetings to all of our saints family. We don't have anything to eat up here. Nothing. Just, have just water, but maybe you could turn it into wine. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Gosh. Well, you know, it's... Um, very strange time frame and trying to deduce what it really is that waiting time which I understand the principle of it and I recognize that it's God's way but it's it's very uncomfortable and almost it for me it sets you up for, I don't know, there was a book I had many years ago when I came out of seminary, and it said, when I relax, I feel guilty. That was the title of the oh, book. Oh, I have that book. Do you really? I have that book. I sure do. Um, and, you know, you, you just, you want to get things done, but you want to do it in the right way. There are so many things ahead of us as saints, things that... We know we have a responsibility for, but you just want to do it in the right way. And you know you're still waiting, but you're preparing. And you're, you're trying to process, but you can't, really, you can't really mobilize anything and say, okay, folks, you know, we're, we're going to come together and we're going to say this is how we're going to do it. But we're not going to do it now. We're just going to wait. And it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of an odd moment. But uh, we are we're certainly positioned as saints, and there's going to come a very, very real, um, very real clarion call of the Spirit that says it's time, and we've got to be ready to to move at that moment, and it'll make sense. You know, it'll it'll make sense. It won't be a startling thing. But to predict when that is, gosh. Oh, man. You know, I hearken back to um, the, the season's broadcast that we did at the beginning of this year when we talked about the rest of God and his breath. And... <coughs> and just when, you know, Moses was about to to go lead all of his people into the promise and and he was talking to the Lord and the Lord said, um, you know, Moses is like, who's going to go with us? We won't go. I can't go if you don't go with me. And the Lord says back to him, I will go with you and I will give you rest. And that just always mystified me because I thought of all the things God could have said, you know, he could have said, I'll give you 
warring angels to surround you. I'll give you every measure of provision. I'll give you, you know, he could have said any number of things, but he focused on that, that measure of breath. And, and for me, that has been something that, that the Lord has been cultivating through me just since, since really the beginning of this season when things stopped and and it's like you don't really stop but I knew that I had to you know I had to fully surrender to that place of rest knowing that it's not just for me to do nothing it's for me to know how to function out of his breath and and to go forth from that place because you know we were running pretty hard and we would keep running pretty hard I mean and I think about all the ways that God has stopped me prophetically or physically um, in so many different ways personally that it does it take that much to get my attention (laughs) you know I I certainly hope not but I I really have tried to find just from a prophetic standpoint okay Lord I know that you're in this season I know that that you're in this and help me help me truly to learn and to to live in fullness what it is that you're trying to show me to prepare me to go forward and um, it's just been really interesting so you know we were running pretty hard and I think we would have like I said we would have kept going I mean it, we would have done the marathon the Boston the New York the we would have done it all and we probably would have not stopped and I'm not saying he stopped us but I am saying that he has definitely been in this sila. well it's easy to say he's led us into a Sabbath type of a rest if we're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. He led us into that when we had several major network-wide adventures planned that he directed us to plan. Um, And it took me days to shut down all of those things and to negotiate with hotels and airlines and just to just to to preserve our and I know you did that too and many others did but you know you think about that we've talked about the ways of God the seventh day the sabbath we've also talked about what that represents it's the sons coming together to rejoice at what God had done and then to position themselves to look forward into the new. We've also talked about how that the Sabaoth, the, the, that measure of the armies of heaven, um, and that leaving a seed or a remnant, um, that being part of that. And we also, we also have recognized that um that 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 measure of the manuka and the the nuach and what what that that rest that you referenced um for a temple type of dwelling but the temple was not inactive <coughs> so you know, but you think about it, and and if this really is that 
solemn assembly, which I know that it is, that comes after, um, it comes, that, that is specifically positioned where people do no work, no servile labor, in anticipation of the going forth in tabernacles, the going forth in, in seeing uh, a breakthrough into the promise and your identity. That see it, it. It seems so much like a um, a contradiction in every one of those things. But but yet you have that merging of waiting on the Lord, rejoicing in Him, while you've got armies of angels mobilized. You've got the the plan for what God's going to do being presented before you and you're looking forward in anticipation. You've got um, the temple dwelling of God's presence on earth and, and even God resting on the seventh day. I mean, it, it's just, it's just mind-boggling to weigh all of those things together because it's not inactivity, but it is inactivity. It's, it's not it's 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 not ceasing from labors even though you have but the greatest laboring is the the breaking through out of barrenness that's that's labor no matter birthing that's why you call it labor none of us would have life if it wasn't for labor but i think just from from my perspective through, through all of it, I mean, has not the presence of the Lord been so profound and so present and so, um, I mean, I think just even about our gathering. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and so you don't have, I mean, this is, uh, this is kind of tricky here, but you can have barrenness, but you still need intimacy to bring forth the seed to bring the breakthrough. And so I feel like there's been, this has been such a season where there's been that just incredible intimacy with the Lord personally for all of us, but also corporately. And that he's doing something through that that is going to yield the breakthrough of the incredible fruit. So it's almost like the seed, it's, it's, it's just almost like the dead seed. It's, it's not, it's dead, but in the earth, it's, it's alive it's 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 getting nutrients and i'm not a horticulturist but i mean it's it's getting prepared for the breakthrough and so there's just been something so from i i'm just speaking for myself and my own experience so prevalent about this time with the lord and that i have felt has been necessary for for a strengthening and for just a girding up for the going forward that I don't know if I, I mean, I, I thought I had it before and I did in a different way, but there's something, there's something new. Yeah. And I would not trade that for anything. I, I wouldn't for 15,000 trips to Brazil. I would not trade that. And so it's, 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 I don't know, pastor. Yeah. You know, it, well, we, we mentioned horticulture. 
Well, we had our resident horticulturalist here at seminar. I remember one time Shay taught, what was it on? I remember the teaching, but I don't remember what we had it on. Was it voices? Maybe, probably. About the the different factors of light and how that they discovered that when the the purple factor of white light is more prominent, it triggers it triggers the plant to begin to go into a, a production phase. And then also the the smoke of burning triggers something that says to the plant it's time to start producing. So you, you have the sonship, the seventh day, that mm-hmm. light of the Lord that's doing something in us for what is supposed to be being produced in the new season. And, of course, his judgment uh, regarding his his purpose, his mishpat, and then the, the burning of function, it kind of appeals for that, draws it forward into mobilization. There's so many of these factors. That's so good. I mean, to me, that's so good because... I mean, how many times have I said over the last three months, it's like I pray and I see this glow. It's like I see this light. I see this glow on the saints. And I, I I, never really knew what that was other than perhaps maybe there's, it's the presence of God. It's the light. It's the fullness, whatever it is. But I, I mean, I can see it now. I've been seeing it. And I mean, that is what we are going to take into the darkness. It's it's what is within us and what has been worked within us and what has been um, worked through. I mean, you can't have breakthrough without judgment and burning. You can't. I mean, it's the ending and the beginning. It's 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 the culmination and it's the new beginning. And it's it's something that is. I even feel like I'm kind of on fire right now. Will <laughs> you throw some water on you? Would you mind? <clears throat> but yeah, only if we had a playbook, you know, that just listed all these things out. But actually, we do. And and little by little, he just begins to put all the pieces together. And you know, I was thinking about the crypto because I was thinking about us being hidden Christ. And I, I've always loved that scripture, but it, to me, because it just was always so poetic. I just thought that's just so poetic that we were hidden in Christ. But, you know, that whole crypto, I mean, that's where our eternal identity is. And, and, and it becomes revealed through prophecy, but through his timing. It is a timing thing with God. And 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 I see that too. I see. I, I don't want to say twenty five years in hiddenness we've been, but we've been pretty secluded in the grand scheme of things. And you know, we used to always say, I, I, "We we want all that God has for us, and we want to accomplish all that He has for us." But I know I personally would think, I you know, I don't want us to become a mega church. I don't want it to change, you know, this intimate setting to change, just if I'm being honest, because, I mean, that is precious. Bethlehem is precious. But um, 
I don't know. Now I'm rambling. <laughs> well, it's uh, this is this is a good thing for us all to be considering. Um, uh, I uh, you reminded me yesterday that that uh, new Ken Burns series on Benjamin Franklin was being broadcast last night and then tonight on PBS, which I don't have a whole lot of respect for PBS very much anymore, but um, at least they put on things that are good. Um, and as I was watching that, I, I don't, did you watch it? Or did no, you, I had a did, date with twins. Oh, that's time. right. But I've got it. I'm a member, so. Well, it said that um, it showed all these ways that his life was uh, really could have taken turns for the worse over and over again. And some of the things that were so fascinating was how all the times that he went into London and met before the king and met before the Privy Council, which I think is kind of funny. The Privy. And right after the, the Boston Tea Party... He was over there. He was going to present. He was going to present a plan for England to be able to have fair taxes that the American people would would embrace, and how to communicate that to the colonies. And then, while he was over there, the Boston Tea Party happened, and then he went before the Privy Council, and this dude with this long white wig just ripped ripped Franklin in a pub in a speech in that council for over an hour just called him all kinds of names and just said all kinds of things that were just horrible and then he finally asked Franklin do you have any questions or anything you'd like to contribute and Franklin just stood there through the whole thing and said no I don't have anything to add to that and that was the turning point. He went back and he recognized this is a this is a done deal. I mean, we're they have rejected what should be. And it was just really fascinating. I've read books on him before, but you know, it's it's it just is fascinating how the courses of history are shaped in strategic moments and um the things that, in in that case, Franklin wanted to achieve, were not achieved. They were rejected, and rejected in a way that did, really did damage to the people that rejected them. But um, I I thought about that how God crafted our country. Of course, I don't want to go too far with this, but Burns had to be well aware of the attacks that have been coming against our founding fathers and the Constitution. So there's a good number of wokeism antidotes that are sprinkled through. Um, and, you know, it's good for us to remember the facts of history. And there were some really uncomfortable things that were said about Franklin, and they were presenting them. But the point, though, is is that Franklin was a genius. He was inventive. Um, and the things that he did 
we're we're really in so many ways selfless mm -hmm. and but anyway but I, I I was trying to put myself and us as saints in a position to recognize there in the in the birthing of our country how many ways these people who wanted peace and who wanted things to work out the way they should how that that was rejected with vengeance over and over again and but it didn't stop these people it it had to be discouraging but it didn't stop them thank god and i i wonder I wonder if if we can glean lessons for we see things happening right now that are despicable in our nation and there are a lot more of them that are happening that we don't even know about and we think how how horrible is it that God is offering himself in a wonderful way but yet other pathways are being chosen and advocated. Um, I, I, it's, it's, just, it's just terrible to think that we can see what's going to happen scripturally. And it's discouraging. But yet we've got to work for the night is coming. And we're asking God to to put in place what needs to be put in place because we know the inevitable is coming and it's all it already you know John said it doth already work and boy it's working now mm -hmm. and so how do you how do you manage that in your prayers knowing that we are what we're investing in is that work for the night comes to do things quickly and efficiently and effectively, knowing good and well what the end result, well, not the end result, but, but what the next phase would be, which is over being overcome or the enemy doing certain things that are just outrageous. You know, and I look, I look at Eastern Europe, we've talked about this. I looked at other places and I think, Lord, how do we pray? You're going to open the door there. We've known that. What do we do when we go? What do we tell those people? I mean, we used to say when we'd go out, and I, it always, I knew what was true. I knew it was true. But we're there. We've got a team of people. We're praying for people. Spirit of the Lord is moving. There are manifestations. We're bringing the bread of the word of God in ways they've never heard. And, you know, usually it was Paul that would get up and say to the pastors, you know, I just want to warn you that this is going to create havoc in your church. People are going to leave. They're going to accuse you of stuff. And I'm thinking, I know that's true, <laughs> but... I don't know that we need to say that. I don't know that we need to say that. But it's almost like now, I mean, 
I can feel, I can feel, and I know you do too, just the, the, the disgust. Like, I, I watched this program when I was working out the other day, and it was talking about 5G. And, you know, I have 5G. You have 5G in your phone, so do I. I mean, we probably have 5G in the tower above us. Um, but but how that it is was basically developed, China was in the lead, and it was basically developed as a way to control their industries and to police their people. And, um, and he was talking about how that the main power towers of, of the 5G for our country are up in the area where the, most of our nuclear silos are and you know when Trump talked about Huawei and we can't let them in because and even Canada of all people arrested that one of the vice CEOs of, of Huawei and it's just you see that and you think this is the end time and he said something that I didn't know this is really weird I was blessed to be able to go into China. That was a strange thing for those few days. But they will. the Chinese now are stopping people on the street who don't have their cell phone with them and asking, where's your, commu- where's your cell phone? Where's your communication device? You think that's not programming? You think that's... Yeah. That is the... Str- I mean, that... And accusing them, those people, of being subversion artists and people that are planning things against the government. But they have a way of knowing who has their cell phone on them. And if they don't have one and you're an adult, they stop you and they interrogate you. And they pull up your files. And, and it, of course, then when the mark comes and the chip comes... Um, and I, this isn't a conspiracy thing. My point in saying this is we see these things going on real time. This isn't a Tim LaHaye movie in the 70s. This is happening right now. And so we as saints, you cannot pray to stop this. And no matter, the only thing that's going to preserve you is you not outwit, is not going to come because you outwit Big Brother. The only thing that's going to save us is creation, helping the, the people of God and the angels and God sending magnificent um, coverings and provision. That's the only thing. So, but, but you see that coming and what do we need to be doing now for the window that God's going to open? Because I, I really do think it's the last window before things really... I think we're already in the beginnings of the end. I mean, I, I, really, I really do. And it makes you wonder, like I talked on Sunday about Joseph... And that silver cup. And incidentally, the Benishans told me yesterday, you probably are aware of this, that Julia, our very dear sister, 
in first on first Saturday had a vision of a silver chalice and was talking about how God you, you'll if you've not gotten that report yet it's it's she they they were saying it should encourage Julia but God's obviously speaking but that was two years into the drought and I don't know I don't know whether we're in I don't think we're in the seven years yet or whatever that would be the 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 the, the Kairos times you know because the, the time time and half a times those are all Kairos it's not annuum but on the bigger scale I think that we're we're in that last framework I think that the breakthrough of the solemn assembly when that opens we're going to be given the window of opportunity to work for the night comes and we will be sowing ourselves and sowing the work to those that are hungry and we've got to labor with all the diligence we can but then when that ends, some of the things that are being tested by the enemy, some of the ways that things have been being put forward by the enemy, they're regrouping, they're evaluating the meta that you talked about, the other things. Um, it's, it's at that point that it's just going to become extremely real. And we're going to see incredible visitations of the spirit were warfare uh, the saints doing battle with um you know the queen of heaven and these other forces the the overcoming and then being overcome and the angels going out to separate the tares from the wheat and then the uh, the angels that are going to gather elect from the four corners of the earth um I, I just, uh, it's a weird feeling, and I don't, I, I just readily admit that we're praying, we're waiting on God, we're seeking Him, we're not doom and gloomers, but it's kind of mind-boggling. How do you prepare for that, it, other than wait, other than to invest in intimacy, other than to believe in the shouts of rejoicing singing that bear the breakthrough um i, I don't know I, well, i've taken us down a really strange path here haven't i no it's reality it's more real than anything else that we can know and it so, is it's very sobering though yeah and i think that you know the seminar the, the gathering there was a lot of um, the Lord spoke through the teachings and through I mean he, he really was so faithful to bring revelation to us but in so many ways the underlying the, uh, the foundational message for us as saints in this hour has not changed and that is intercession and we may not have all the answers in our natural thinking, but I can tell you God has given us a gift, and that gift is priceless, and that gift is the capacity to partner with the angels and to partner with the Spirit in praying 
and in in multitude of languages and just surrendering ourselves for that service before the Lord in this time because we know that at least correct me if I'm wrong everything begins in the spirit before it manifests in the natural mm. and so we have to we have to know that I mean I know my heart is to have a fire under me that says I have to pray I must pray and you know it's been it, it's been a real test because when you when you're used to your when you're used to your pattern and you're used to the pastor calling you to prayer times and when you're used to the way that we've been functioning for 20 something years in our corporate intercession and that comes to a halt that you know that's where the rubber meets the road because the kingdom didn't stop the heaven didn't stop the ttt didn't shut down i mean none of those things stopped when we got separated from our our happy place of intercession <laughs> and and yet god has done magnificent things through it through each one of us but so where are we today in that we're able to gather we're able to um to launch into a, a season of corporate intercession and directed intercession and that excites me I mean, that really does excite me because um, this is, we are an army, yes, but we are not battling flesh and blood. And so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. When you don't know what to do, when you just don't know what to do, pray. <laughs> Maybe not even pray in the understanding because if you don't know what to do and you start praying in the understanding, I don't know, unless you're just, but wow. pray in the spirit. And I mean, let's commit this next season to just committed passion to, to, to be those intercessors. And, you know, and then when God opens the door, we go out and we take it with us. We, that is our message with a whole lot of other things but I mean is it not so yeah the silver cup yep well let's see we've got uh, four and a half minutes left I do want to say Five one thing which you probably know about this but this is really interesting we we had a storm last night and um, I I want to readily admit and I want to give glory to God for it because I've been struggling with my sleep patterns for weeks. I slept through the storm, which is a miracle all in itself. But I, I, I of course, started getting text messages from Annette um, late in the night, and she's talking to me about this storm that is surrounding us. Now, I don't know what you experienced, but she told me that there were 341 strikes of lightning in five minutes in our area yeah and i just think that's crazy after it was sung prophetically on sunday after the you know the realization that lightning once again has struck our cross <laughs> yeah. 
and then the Lord brings this manifestation, and and I walked outside because I literally slept through the whole thing. I didn't hear the wind. That's great. I walked outside this morning to let the dogs out, and you should see my backyard. The pool is full of mud, dirt, mud, and it was crystal blue, perfectly pristine clean. I sat out there on Saturday and was studying, and it looks like a pond full of fungus. I mean, it's it's green, and there's mud like caked around the. I mean, I was just, oh my gosh, what in the world happened? So it was big. Yeah, I I always watch those storms come through, and with all apologies to everybody in the in the greater metroplex area, I always watch how God just kind of shields us. Except that one time when he hit us with all the hail. Well, but, but that was, boy, that was a sign. Yeah. It, it came right into this neighborhood. I mean, it was, it affected everybody. But the biggest, the biggest damage monetarily was in this, in this neighborhood. That sounded like war, didn't it, when we were in here? Oh, my gosh, and I remember because we were having a very focused prayer time, and we were praying about wisdom. And I specifically remember, I remember laying when the jam box was over on the Zion wall and I was laying, I don't know what it is about me laying by the jam box, but I was laying over there and all of a sudden it sounded like our building was being torpedoed. It did. (laughs) It was just boom, boom, boom. Oh, and I, I, it's like I sat up and nobody was in here and I thought, where's everybody? And I got up and walked into the foyer and everybody was standing at the window, just like eyes wide open, like, because it was hail like tennis balls. Yeah, and I remember Bev was out in her car, and <laughs> she couldn't get in. Well, no, it. Well, you, you couldn't get out of the car. Oh Could have gotten killed by those things. Those were huge. It, it huge. Totaled my car. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that it did great things and in insurance and all of that, but I. I've, I've had to lament about that, and the sad thing, too, is that Olivia was here, and she had to get a rental car because her car went in the shop. So she had parked the rental car that I had just taken her over there that afternoon to pick up, and she parked it right in the front where I usually park. And um, all the windows were busted in. There was glass all over the inside. I thought, oh, my gosh. But the funny thing, too, is that my little car was parked under the tree. I remember that. And when I walked out, it was completely, it looked like a shrub. It looked like a shrubbery. It was completely covered in leaves. Like, you couldn't even see the car. It just looked like a big shrub. But it still got some major damage. Yeah, mine, mine, and trying to find a shop to fix your car was hard. Yeah. But God gave me favor, and I went to this Acura dealer up in Plano, and he got me in, and I had my car back in four days. It was great. I don't know how many thousands of dollars of damage there was done to it. But anyway, the point, though, is lightning. Thank you, Annette, for your Oh, that Annette. I think she has a tower in her house. And, of course, with the cast of characters, well, I won't say that. I might be building a tower up at the top of my house, too, you know, just to have a little seclusion. But she must be up there with little with little uh, dishes and, you know, satellite dishes and imageries and screens all around to monitor to monitor all of that. That may be what God's going to do when she gets to heaven. You know, she'll, She definitely has a gift. She'll be with uh, 
the Meteorological Society of Heaven, and she'll be directing the weather patterns and things of that nature. It's funny because she'll send me these radar pictures, and I sit there and I look at the video. You know how I have no idea what I'm looking at. <laughs> I'll have to get her to give me a lesson sometime. Maybe it'll be a good seminar uh, session. Yeah, we'll have a session on weather patterns led by meteorologist Annette Lacey. <laughs> we'll have Haley play. Uh, She'll be blowing the shofar yeah. in the background. <laughs> how do you how do you pray during uh, a level four? How do you pray during you know when when on the radar it's it's a yellow as opposed to red? You know those kinds of things. You know how do you pray? I tell you what, we were on a plane, and I know we're out of time, but we were on a plane going or coming somewhere. It was a long flight. And I watched that movie about the tsunami. The tsunami yeah. With Obi-Wan Kenobi and Claire Danes. I, I can't remember who the wife was, about that family that were traveling. Oh, like no, in, that in, was in, Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Was it an Obi-Wan yeah, Kenobi? And okay. Ewan, Ewan yeah, Ewan McGregor. He's always Obi to me. Anyway, and um, the kid, her son was Spider Man. Oh my god! Became really? Spider Man, yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Anyway, I watched that movie, and oh my gosh, you talk about how do you pray and something like that? Wasn't that awful? That was unbelievable. I mean, uh, and what that woman, all those injuries she had, and she fought. Yeah. Whoa. Well, anyway. well as you could tell, <laughs> <laughs> we've waned here. <laughs> Well, I hope uh, we talked long enough for all the food at the Sparrow House to be consumed from their table. And um, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. We'll reach out again tomorrow from uh, here on Wednesday, Wednesday Night Live. And um, just continue to be faithful. God is in control. We're blessed. We're not fearful. We are, we are happy in the Lord, and good things are ahead as we serve our Father. Amen. Amen? Amen. All right. God bless you all. Thanks again, and um, have a great, great day.